What's going on, people? It's your boy Kalechi back with another episode of the Rambling Mind Podcast. How are each and every single one of y'all doing? I hope y'all are doing well. I hope y'all are doing great. I hope y'all are enjoying life. It's too short. We gotta enjoy it every single day. Gotta enjoy it. Gotta enjoy it. But how are y'all doing? I hope y'all are ready for that weekend. If you don't work the weekends, but if you do work the weekends, well, I hope you're ready to work the weekend and I hope it goes smoothly for you and nothing happens and you can go to work and come home safe and sound. For those of y'all who are working, who are not working the weekend, I hope y'all are looking forward to the weekend as much as I am. Even though I don't have anything necessarily going on, but still, I like free time and the weekend gives me free time. So, yeah, I look forward to the weekend. But I hope y'all are doing well. I hope y'all are doing well, though. Uh, This week, we got a lot of topics to catch up on. We got a lot to catch up on because with me doing this personal finances on on one of the episodes of the week, on the Tuesday episode of the week, it backloads a lot of the news that I could talk about on Tuesday, but I kind of hold off on talking about on Tuesday to talk about on Thursday. That will change later on, maybe depending on how much I still have to talk about personal finance. But for right now, the plan is for Tuesdays to be all about personal finance, trying to get you in the zone of handling your money, not your money handling you, and to empower you all to be able to be financially free and to be able to not just make money, but also be able to help people around you. So that's the goal of personal finance. But today, and we will, there is a topic on here that just, relates so well back to personal finance it just relates back to it and it just it breaks my heart that this is where we are as a nation uh nation being the united states but at the same time it's just like it's it was bound to happen there was no way around it it was bound to happen but we'll get into that later but first of all i want to start off talking about casper if y'all don't know what casper is casper is a mattress company well, they say they're a tech company, which is well, when we talk about this even more so, it just made a bigger problem for them when they started calling themselves a tech company, which they are not. Excuse the noise that just happened. But they're a mattress company. They're a direct-to-customer mattress company. So they cut out the middleman. You don't have to go to a store like, what do they call those bed mattress firm or you, you mattress king or any of those mattress firms they basically killed them those firms i don't think yeah i'm not i can't be the only one that doesn't see any of those mattress firms that just po- used to pop up everywhere they're not popping up as much because people as we all know retail ain't the same anymore ever since amazon came around direct to customer is the way to go nowadays is having a warehouse having a website and then that's all you need to be able to be a, a some kind of retail giant nowadays Amazon completely changed the game with that and with that change came Casper and Casper is one of the new and it's one of the bigger direct-to-customer services for mattress for you to be able to buy a mattress they've been doing really really well however it's what they say sometimes being the first is not always an advantage so there's something in business called first mover advantage it's where things like Google was basically the first platform for a good search engine I mean there was Yahoo but it wasn't as good as Google so because Google was the first it had that first move as advantage so now it became a verb everybody says Google when they're trying to say I'm going to go and search something everybody just says Google or think about Apple with the first smartphone the first true smartphone 
as we know it today and they're known for that because of them being such a being the first in the market to produce something that nobody had seen with the touchscreen capabilities and all of that stuff we hadn't seen that before it completely changed the game they had that first movers advantage so there are times when being the first is a benefit we can think of other services like uber uber has that first movers advantage that's why it's one of the biggest platforms for getting we it became a verb we start saying did you get the uber are you ubering over here which basically it replaced the entire verb for taxis because it was a convenience thing it became it got that first movers advantage the same thing with amazon we just talked about amazon a second ago amazon had the first movers advantage with being an online fully online retailer that convenience was everything it had had that first movers advantage so first movers advantage basically is just when you're the first to come up with a concept or an idea or anything like that and implement it and people buy into that idea sometimes it's a good thing and other times in the case of Casper and in case of other companies you being the first just means that you get end up being the one that works out all the kinks and other companies look at you and say hey that looks like a good idea we're gonna steal it you can ask snapchat about that snapchat found out that being the first mover is not necessarily the best thing because they came out with a wonderful app a direct disappearing pictures everybody didn't want people to always be saving their pictures and all that kind of stuff a direct uh, messaging platform something different than we've than we've ever seen before and then instagram and facebook were like can we buy you snapchat was like nah and instagram and facebook were like you know what we'll just implement your idea into everything else and so that's what's happening with Casper. So Casper was supposed to launch, or rather Casper IPO'd last week, Thursday on the New York Stock Exchange, which is great news. And they grew about 12% after IPO and they launched at about $13, $13.75 a share. However, and I, like I said, they grew 12%. However, the bad news for Casper was the aim was for them to launch at about 19, $17 to $19 a share. And that would have given them the valuation of about $1.1 billion. It would have made them a unicorn. By the way, side note, unicorn, when you're talking about stock trading companies, yes, they actually use the term unicorn, is basically a company that starts out its IPO. In other words, when it goes public, when it becomes a public company after it's been in private for so long, after it's been privately funded, is a it starts out as a one billion dollar company. For example, Google was a unicorn, Facebook was a unicorn, those kind of companies, you know, those companies that have hope of being one of the greater companies when they IPO. So it was supposed to be one of those companies that would have a over one billion IPO. It was supposed to launch at a, about a 1.1 billion IPO. But just like we saw last year with companies like WeWork, like we talked about last year's with companies like, uh, what was the other one that fell? WeWork, Uber, Lyft, when they IPO'd Lime, when all these companies IPO'd last year, we saw that investors are not really happy to be seeing lots and lots of losses, which is something that keeps happening with a lot of these tech companies, something that keeps happening with a lot of these tech unicorn companies that over and over, whenever they launch or when they open up their book, all you see is so much red. It's like when you go to your bank account and you're like, you know what? I want to buy some pizza. And then you open up your bank account and all you see is in the savings account portion, you see three cents and you're in your, uh, in your checking account, you see minus 10 and you realize, 
I'm in the red. And that's what they were finding out about all these companies. In order for these companies to meet the needs of their customers, they were having to spend so much money. They weren't showing a lot of ideas of profitability. So anyway, like I was saying, Casper was supposed to launch at about 1.1 billion, but ended up launching at close to just around about $600 million. That is 400 billion, I mean, million dollars that was lost once its valuation went through. And for investors that have been privately funding the company, that's not very good to see. For investors that have been in the, that have been giving them, uh, money to be able to run their corporation and everything else and then it launches and then they're not able to make their money back that's not good news for them they're not very happy about it and even more so it talks even more to future investors who look at their books and they're like you know what your company doesn't have your company doesn't have any profitability that it's showing which the interesting thing is when casper launched and they're in their launch speech if you read it if you look at it they only mentioned profitability nine times for a almost 20 minute speech to only mention profitability nine times. And then on the other side, they mentioned uh, growth a whole lot more. They mentioned, which means spending more money, spending more dollars, spending more investment fund. So your investors are looking at them like, so you're talking about profitability this little amount of time, and you're talking about spending more money for growth this little amount, this so much more. They mentioned prop, uh, growth about 20 something odd times during their speech. And then everybody's looking at them like, you know what? We're going to pass on y'all right now. And even more so, when you look at the big picture, like we just mentioned, we mentioned Lyft, we mentioned WeWork, we mentioned Peloton, which was another big one that IPO'd last year. We mentioned Uber. These companies were seeing a change in the view of some of these private companies when they become public. Like we talked about last year, you have, it's not just about today. It's about what can you give me tomorrow? What does your company, what will your company look like five to 10 years down the line? Is your company going to be profitable? A lot of companies are trying to take the Amazon approach of, you know what, profitability doesn't matter right now. We just want the users. We just want the people buying. We just want the people who are willing to spend the money for our product. We just want that. That's all we're aiming for. That's all we're aiming for. The problem is most companies, most uh, new companies that are starting out don't have the plan for being profitable at some point. Amazon, it took them over five or six years after uh, they went public to become profitable, but investment investors were okay with that because there was a plan. It wasn't just that Amazon was all into online shopping. It was because the data center things were about to start popping off and they saw Amazon investing heavily into that. And they said, you know what? Once that starts popping off, profitability is not a problem anymore. And as we've discussed over and over and over again, AWS, which is Amazon Web Services, has been the biggest, is the largest cloud service provider, bigger than any other one. I mean, we have Google that's in that field as well. We have Microsoft that's in that field. Oracle is in that field. And none of them match up to the amount that Amazon provides the companies. That's why com um, investors were willing to take years and years of losses to fund Amazon to make sure that they got to the point of profitability. But these companies, especially with companies like Casper, companies like WeWork, WeWork is just, uh, it's just a problem. WeWork, companies like Uber, all of them have so much cost. They spend so much money. They're spending so much money trying to develop and they're not, there's not a plan for profitability. Now Uber, after opening up his book, is talking about we should be profitable by the end of this year. 
We look at Tesla. Tesla is finally just now becoming profitable. For the longest time, investors basically bet against the stock. Even to this day, Tesla is one of the stocks that people tend to bet against because they just don't expect them to meet the 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 goals that they set for themselves. Over and over and over, we've seen Tesla fall back from the goals that it set. But recently, they've been able to match up those goals, which is why their stock has been exploding of late. But it's that's but that's the thing. If these companies don't have a plan for profitability, investors are just no longer going to be interested in a lot of these uh, venture capital, uh, private funded companies that get all this investment from venture capitalists like SoftBank and the Vision Fund and all those kind of companies, but and all those kind of investors in it early on but then on the backside when it goes public the public investors are like we need returns on our investment we need to see you actually put in some kind of plan into place as to how you will become profitable so how does this affect any other direct to consumer or customer business going forward also i was talking about how it's not always the best thing to be first to have the first movers advantage the reason for that is because they are now what we're seeing is when a company comes out as the first company if they're not able to push that market to dominate the market space that they just created like literally they just created that market space of direct to uh, direct to customer or consumer products you have other companies in there that have a whole lot of bigger R&D budget and they've seen how you run your company and they're like you know what we can do this too so for example you have the Walmarts of the world that are also a direct to customer uh, or customer slash consumer products and they have their direct to customer uh, mattress company that they are starting up and then plus you have other competition like purple who is also becoming bigger and bigger in that space so now at first Casper was by itself it was by itself it was dominating everybody but now it's not by itself anymore it doesn't run the space anymore you have other customers coming in and then this makes us think about other companies that also have to deal with the same thing companies like Allbirds which right now is the shoe direct to customer company like everybody loves Allbirds which they make really good shoes you have Warby Parker which make who ships contact lenses and ship glasses directly to you where you don't have to go to see an optometrist or anything like that how does this affect them when they want to go public in the future you have a way i don't know if anybody knows about away away is like a smart uh suitcase that you can carry it has tracking it has battery built into it all this cool stuff that's good for it and is direct to consumer as well you're probably not going to find it at a walmart you're not going to find it except for some luxury stores that you may find it in but the problem is every single one of these companies have the same ideas. They were the first to do something that nobody else thought to do. However, once other companies figure out, okay, that's what they're doing, work, let them work out all the kinks. And once they figure out all the kinks, we will start implementing those into our businesses as well. And then the problem is when you have these larger corporations, these huge corporations that are growing bigger and bigger and bigger, uh, that already have billions of dollars in R&D to spend without even without flexing a muscle or wiping a brow or anything like that when they come for you are you going to be prepared or will you be like most companies who end up having to sell out who end up having to go through mergers and have to sell the company over in order to make some kind of profit from what you have what you built up from the ground so that's just something to think about when it comes to Casper. Do I think they're a good investment? I don't know because with what they're doing with the market that they're selling to, it's hard. People don't buy mattresses that often. People spend, buy one mattress maybe every 
five years or so something like that maybe three to five years in that window so i don't know if casper is a good bet as far as being a company also the other part they have to play is the fact that they came out and they said they were not a mattress company but they were a tech company it plays against them as well so coming out that way on the front end it looks great because you get a lot of investment dollars and you're able to start your company off a lot faster because people like tech companies to invest in tech companies a lot more often but the problem is on the back end when you actually start making the product and you're not really a tech company anymore it starts affecting the picture as a whole you're not able to get investors you're not able to make as much money because the expectations for tech companies is completely different from the expectations from mattress companies and those kind of companies because those companies it's understood okay people don't buy that often your valuation you won't be worth a billion dollars but at the same time you may be a company worth upwards of 500 uh, 500 million dollars so it's something to think about when you're looking at companies you want to invest in that's why i tend to invest in a lot of mutual funds with companies with 10 plus years of track record so i can see what their returns have been before i choose to invest in them and we're going to talk about the different types of mutual funds on one of the personal finance topics in the future it is actually a lot simpler than we make it out to be because when you invest in you're not trying to play the stock market what you're when you invest you're investing for the future not trying to buy and sell every single day i don't do day trading day trading unless you're a day trader don't do day trading it is very risky and you lose a lot of money that way but sometimes it's good to have some risk in your portfolio Moving on from there, we have some good news. We have some very, very good news. The the January jobs report was released last week, and it showed some good signs, but also some bad signs as well. The good signs was the fact that the January January added 225,000 jobs when the estimate was only going to be that we'll add 160,000 jobs. Now, what why is this a bad sign the only reason that that many jobs was added is because i don't know if y'all noticed but apparently january was a warm month except where it was supposed to be warm it was snowing like we talked about last week and so i don't know what they talking about that january was warm month but however in industries like construction in industries where weather plays a huge role in how they hire people and let people go January construction was not hampered at all. Usually in January months, construction is usually hampered a lot. People aren't able to go to work because weather and those kind of situations. We have a lot of storms that happen in January, but that wasn't, that didn't even happen. But the more important thing to note about the January jobs report is not the job reports number. That number may look good, but the bigger thing to focus on is not the jobs report number itself to know more about the economy as a whole, but rather it's to look at the wage increase because this will tell you more about how those jobs are being are affecting the economy because if people are pay, are getting paid more money at jobs people are going to go spend more money which that's not what you should do when you get a raise try to live your life the same way that you've been living your life don't all of a sudden you get a little bit of a raise at work you start spending more money that's not how you make money when you, how you make money is you get a raise you invest that raise into something else you may start a second business or something like that and so you can make more money out of the money that you just got that's again personal finance that's not for this topic but people tend to spend more money once they get more money you know more money more problems that kind of thing biggie said it best but 
that tells us how the economy is looking. And if you look at the numbers from the wage increases, it's telling us that overall the US economy is doing well, but it's starting to see a lot of slowdown. Wage increase aren't isn't as high as it was expected to be. There wasn't a strong percentage because there's not a lot of good data to look at for that for a whole because of a lot of private industry does not put out their data like that. But from the in- industries and from the numbers that was able to be acquired, wage increases is happening, but it's not happening as high as was expected to be happening right now. This one hit me hard when I was reading about this. This one hit hard. And the title of the article was in debt with trust <laughs> one nation under debt and what it was re- referencing was u.s household spending i've been talking about we've been talking about this for how long we've been talking about this for oh my gosh i've been talking about we've been talking about debt we've been talking about debt for so long with personal finance topics talking about how debt is going out of control well guess what that that is a lot worse than i actually thought so last year For the first time in the history of the United States of America, U.S. household debt went over $14.1 trillion last year and increased by $601 billion. The debt, oh gosh, it is more than what it was in 2008. And I don't know if y'all remember what happened in 2008. We referenced it a lot on this channel or on this podcast. We referenced it a lot. 2008 was when we had the housing crisis, which in turn uh, caused a recession. What was the reason for the housing crisis? Too many people were taking out loans that they couldn't repay back. And guess what's happening in 2019? Too many people are taking out loans that they can't repay back. We're reaching a breaking point. We've been talking about this for a while, where we're reaching a breaking point in the economy where people are spending way too much money and don't, they don't, they're spending money that they don't have. And then on the other side, we talked about the inflation thing where there's where Jerome Powell is worried because of the inflation rate and how it's not increasing. So companies can't increase money, which means that no money is really getting infused back into the economy and companies, even though companies are doing well right now, but in the long run, in the long run, there's going to be a problem. So let's break down where these debts came from. The majority of the debts came from credit cards. My God credit cards credit cards and housing a lot of people are buying houses right now as you should because the interest rate is low however the other part of that housing spending is the fact that people are also spending a lot to remodel their house people are taking out second mortgages third mortgages not because they're trying to help their school their children with school or anything just to do oh you know i have to redo my kitchen i just have to sarah down the street her kitchen is brand new so i just have to redo my kitchen or you know i gotta have a man cave i gotta have a man cave a man cave is necessary and this so you have people that are just spending money because oh you know the interest rate is low right now so you know it's a perfect time to take out a loan and it's just way too much way too much people way too many people are spending way too much money jerome powell went before congress he's going to be testifying for the next two days and said he is worried like he's been saying repeatedly he is worried about the state of the economy although we have a strong economy right now the problem is 
He is worried about the fact that federal banks all over the world, not just the United States. I mean, we saw a federal bank. I don't remember the country who cut uh, interest rates to be below zero percent in order to try and boost the spending of people. And then the problem with that is the same thing that Jerome Powell is talking about is the fact that interest rates are so low. The one type of skill skills if you're playing a video game the one type of ammunition the one type of weapon that the federal uh the 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 u.s federal reserve has to be able to counter downturn to be able to fight against economic downturn is their interest rate and the fact that interest rate is already so low he's worried that at some point and he's looking at this year and he's saying at some point this economy is going to start slowing down. There's too many things going on. We have the coronavirus situation that's going on. We have elections coming up in, in the United States. All these things hamper hamper the economic outlook. Depending on who gets elected, the economy can go up and down. It just depends. But the coronavirus situation, you have companies that during their earnings report kept on coming out and saying, oh, we're monitoring the situation. Our output this year may not be that good. And then you have stable or you have blue chip funds which is a fund that of company that has been doing it for a long term that are seeing losses boeing that's a that's an aside because they did that to themselves but we're seeing other companies we have apple who's doing really well right now but then apple is like uh we got this coronavirus situation and we make a lot of iphones in uh, china so how are we gonna deal with that once we start this new production uh, you know the new iphone is coming out this year so they're also like looking and like, okay, we're a little bit worried about this situation right now because as much as some things have gone back to normal in China, but under 10% of workers, for example, Foxcorn, Foxconn, who develops and manufactures Apple's iPhones, only had about 10% of their workers go back to work when the doors were open at the beginning of this week. In other words, they're not making a lot of phones. Production is very slowed down. We talked about Tesla, whose stock is actually actually fell over the last weekend because they announced that production has been hampered in China. In other words, that's also a problem. So we're seeing a lot of factors that are coming together. We have a slowdown in economic growth that's going on in Europe. We have Brexit that finally finally happened in Britain. And how are they going to make new trade deals with their trade pact partners? Nobody knows yet. Everything is still up in the air. So there's too many factors, according to Jerome Powell, there's too many factors that's going on right now for the U.S. debt to be so high. Usually, if the economy is doing really well, you see the opposite cor- correlation. The correlation should be economy is strong, people's debt total should be going down because people have jobs, so they should be able to pay off their debt a bit faster. However, that is not happening. People are doing the opposite. People are spending more. Jerome Powell's advice to the general public, the economy is good right now. It is a perfect time like I've been saying, for everybody to save some money because when the economy downturn happens, and it will happen, because guess what? We live in this world and this world has a lot of things that go wrong. He says, right now is the time not for you to start spending more money, but for you to start saving some of that money, for you to pay off some of your debt, for you to pay off your debt and save some money. You know it's bad when the Federal Reserve chairman is coming out and saying hey you might want to save some money and pay down some debt they want the opposite they want you spending money in the economy they're afraid of people spending money in the economy right now because they're afraid of what could happen especially with the rate that inflation is right now where companies aren't able to make as much money 
So, yeah, that, that, I'm sorry, I apologize. I get fired up once it starts talking about death because it's just like, yo, guys, like, we gotta be more wise in the way we take control of these things. We gotta be more wise in what we're doing. I understand student loans. Student loans is like one of the more understandable thing, but other kind of debts, like people, 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 if you don't have to throw yourself inside fire, don't go near the, don't go near the heats. If you are not looking to go and get burned, please remove yourself from being near the fire. Please, please stop going there. Yes, you're already burning small because you have student loan to carry around with you and you're trying to pay that one off. It doesn't mean you should go and carry extra loan on top of your head. Go and be spending money with credit card and all this other stuff. Go and be renting or leasing car. Don't do that. I mean, you're just putting yourself in a bigger, much, much bigger hole than you need to. And then it's a lot more work for you to dig yourself out of it. So just just be aware of that. And then the other thing is just like in 2008, there have been a higher rate of delinquency, which delinquency just means that people aren't paying back their loans because they ain't got the money. So a higher rate of delinquencies with credit cards and with house uh, and with house mortgages. It definitely looks a lot more like we're heading back in 2008 direction. And hopefully we don't go back to how hard it was in 2008. I really pray that we don't end up in the same place. But anyway, some interesting news that I think everyone can enjoy out of. China has decided to half its tariffs on the US because guess what? Coronavirus is real and their GDP might get hampered very he- heavily moving forward. And so they had to do something in order for it for the economy for the Chinese economy not to get completely destroyed. Facebook apparently doesn't pay taxes and they're being taken to court by the IRS. And they, the IRS says that they owe about $9 billion in taxes. To Facebook, that's not a lot of money. But the fact is, Facebook is not about to pay that tax because there, it's a precedent. It's a precedent that sets. And then, then they have future problems that they have to deal with. I, I just found this news interesting. North Korea's internet use surged 300% since 2017 because of cyber terrorism because they've been more involved in a lot of cyber crime because Trump put a lot of sanctions on their nation and so they turned to cyber crime to be able to fund their nation which is just crazy to think about that an entire nation is being funded because of being cyber criminals oil prices are low which means you should be seeing some cheaper cheaper gas prices I don't know if anybody else noticed for me I've been noticing that gas prices have been a lot cheaper than they were last week and the reason for that is the coronavirus it's affecting everything and also Russia has refused to reduce the amount of oil that it's producing a day which is usually how they regulate prices is all the members of OPEC comes together and they say hey prices are too low right now we're not making a profit let's reduce how much oil we're putting out problem is that's not the the main issue is there's just not a demand for it a lot of people aren't traveling one of the biggest places where uh, oil is used a lot is in plane travel and with a lot of flights being canceled to destinations like china a lot of uh cruises are being canceled right now and because of all of those factors oil prices are going down it's easy economics anybody everybody knows it supply and demand is that kind of thing right now demand is really low which means uh supply needs to come down as well but russia is refusing to play ball also interesting note t-mobile and sprint we talked about mergers earlier t-mobile and sprint have finally been given parental blessings to go ahead and get married 
and but it will just cost them more more than any other marriage in the history of the world. Twenty-six billion dollar merger. And what names? I don't know if y'all ever came out with a name for T-Mobile and Sprint. Spree Mobile, T-Sprint. I don't know what names y'all got. What names y'all got for this new, new family? This new, this new nuptial engagement. Hopefully, we don't see a breakup like we did with AT&T and Bell South or Bell South when they were forced to split into multiple companies. But anyway, that's all I got for y'all today. Oh, this note, there's a note on the S&P 500. The S&P 500 is now more than ever dependent on five companies. Can you guys guess what those five companies are? Just guess. You probably got it right anyway. It is Apple, Facebook, Alphabet, aka Google, Amazon, and Microsoft. So basically, the five big companies they own 20%. They have a 20% stake in the S&P 500, meaning the S&P 500 from here on out is going to move as those five companies move. If those five companies do well, the S&P 500 is going to do well. If those five companies fail, S&P 500 is going to look very, very bad. That's not a good thing for five companies to hold that much stake in any kind of stock exchange. It is ridiculous that they hold that much power within a stock exchange. But anyway, that's all I got for y'all today. I hope y'all learned a thing or two. I apologize for getting a little bit loud when it started talking about the debt because it just bothers me. And I want us to, I want us to do so much better than where we currently are today. However, student loans debt is holding our generation down really, really badly. But there is freedom on the other side. Focus on it. Do what you know you need to do. Do what you need to do now so that you can have the freedom that you want tomorrow. But anyway, that's all I got for y'all today. God bless each and every single one of y'all. And I'll talk to y'all later. Peace.